Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. What were we asking Lindsay before we started? I asked if she had read An Anonymous Girl. And I said I had not. I think you should. It's the only <laughs> book that I have rated five stars on Goodreads. And this is where I got clutching my pearls a little bit that she has only rated one book a five star. I'm very picky, though. And I told her I have a whole rating system. And so I pulled up my Goodreads. This to is see. where I said you need to save it for the podcast. Your rating system. My rating system. Everybody's so got to hear it. I've read, according to Goodreads, 465 books. What is Goodreads? Tell, tell me. Goodreads and the is an app or a website that tracks all your books. So it tracks your books you want to read. It tracks your books you've read. It has every book that's probably been written. And then you can give <laughs> it a rating once you finish it from one to five. One being the least, five being the most. Okay. Like, I loved it. It's a five. I hated it. it. It's a one. I figured. Okay. Out of my 465 books that I've read in my life, which is probably way more than that, but that's just me, like... It's like a social media profile? Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. So, 465 that that I have actually read, which might be more, because I downloaded this, like, two, three years ago. So, it's not like I was keeping track from birth, but whatever. Okay. That's only from two years ago. Out of my 465 books, 23 of those are two-star reads. Nothing is a one-star read. Oh. So I am, like, shocked that you have only one five-star when I probably have, like, 100 five-stars. No. You so just I, really love it. Here's how it how it goes. I have a lot of four-stars. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's good, but it's not great. I only have one three-star. Oh, the bulk of mine are three-stars. And then I only have one five-star. This is how you do paranormal ratings, too, just FYI. Gosh, yes. yes. You're looking for mind-blowing evidence, it's which either, I get we all It's are. either excellent or... It was just okay. It's fine. Yeah. I have about 85 star reads on mine, and the rest are mainly fours and threes. I've never rated a book a one star. To rate it a one star means, like, but I didn't even finish it. You're a nine, so... I can count on one hand how many books I finished in my life. <laughs> Outside so, of high school. <laughs> If it's a five star, I feel like I need to read that. You gotta read it. An Anonymous Girl by Greer Hendricks. Yes. Done. So I go to the bookstore every week and I pull up my Goodreads and I look at books I wanna read. And that's how I pick out my book. I'm currently reading a Lindsay recommendation mm-hmm. The Book of Cold Cases. Oh, I love Simone St. James. I have been really into her books lately. Are you liking it? So far, yes. Yes. She. Writes thrillers that also have a paranormal aspect to Ooh. them. I would do like an audiobook of that. Mm-hmm. So that's all She's I do. Popular. I don't read. You listen. I listen. I'm an audio learner. And so. I am the opposite. I cannot do an audiobook. Mm. Tried it once and I cannot. So I solely read. Yeah. No, this works better for me because my downtime is whenever I'm not home and not at work. So whenever I'm. I'm commuting either yeah. to work. My my commute is about 20, 25 minutes to work. And so that gives me a solid chunk of time where I'm not listening to music. I'm just listening to a book. Cool. So um, this only keeps track of the books you read. It's not where you actually get the books from. You get them from the like online right. library. The library. Yeah. Mine's okay. connected to my library card. Oh. This is just for tracking books, this app. Okay. Well, you've almost got me convinced that I'd like to listen to a book. It is probably my one of my most used apps outside of like Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I know. I keep getting um, updates, like email updates from Lindsay. I'm like, okay, I get Take it. Me off your notifications. She read 20 <laughs> books this week. I read I understand. 10 or 11 last month. Do you want me to friend you so you can feel better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. I'm going to tell you guys a story. Entertain me. Entertain me. I said it with much more gusto. You guys sounded great together right there. Entertain me. There you go. I would love to. This is my paranormal commuter episode. Can you sing paranormal? Paranormal. No. No, you didn't like that? Okay. What do you want me to sing it like? Like the way you know I try to do, do like like spooky. I only sing true crime. Do I sing paranormal? No, you sing yeah, paranormal. You sing. I do smorg, smorgy, smorg. Not literally too. everything you sing. <laughs> I do. I am a Linda Belcher. Do you want me to tell you how it is? How do I sing paranormal? Paranormal. Okay. I do sing it like that sometimes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Paranormal. I didn't like that either. No, I didn't like any of those. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, you can't put me on the spot. All right. So halfway through your story, if you're like feeling it, just throw it in. If I'm feeling it, I'll throw it in. Okay. Okay. March 24th, 1962. Okay. Oh, I love the 60s. Florida. Mm. Okay. Okay. Specifically, we are going to the Gulf of Mexico, Fort Walton Beach. Don't know that one, but uh, okay. I don't know that one either, but I know the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Same. So we're going to say that. All right. Five Florida teenagers. They went on a raft to go do some skin diving. <laughs> that is what it is called. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Do they dive into skin suits? I was just gonna yes, say. That is exactly it sounds like they put on a skin suit and go for a dive. That means it is basically free diving. So it's not like scuba diving. They don't have equipment or masks. They are just holding their breath for a really long time and diving down. Ed Gein, is that oh. you? <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, because of the skin. I was <laughs> the like, skin why, suit. why are you Did looking he at me like go that? Diving. <laughs> he wore skin suits. Yeah. All right. So they are basically freestyle diving. I, I still don't understand how like just holding your breath translates to skin diving, but okay. Because they're not using any equipment; they're just using their I mean, skin. I... Okay. That's um, <laughs> what it's called. I don't make up these things. Why didn't you ask the people before you wrote this? I should have sent a strongly worded email. <laughs> You should have. I demand <laughs> to know why you call it this. <laughs> Can we change it? Can it you please horrifying. put me in touch with Webster in <laughs> the dictionary? <laughs> yes, okay. CC Wikipedia while you're at it. So they <laughs> were going to go skin diving, which is basically Can we just say oh, diving? No. They're it's going diving. <laughs> they're okay. going diving, but they are not going like it's not professional I got diving. It, I got okay, it. so there <laughs> is a submerged shipwreck, the USS Massachusetts, that is about two miles from the shore in the Gulf of Mexico, yeah. around a sandbar. That is their goal. They want to go see this mm-hmm. shipwreck. They want to go dive. Is it light out or day out? Can no, we is just it- wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. I can't, can't get past skin diving. <laughs> Did you think you would when you were writing this? No. You knew. I but Googled it, it and I was like, they're going to have a problem with is this. It, <laughs> is it light or day? They go I can only skin dive at they're night. They're going during the day. I do right. not want people seeing my skin suit. Two miles from the shore in the Gulf of Mexico. Five teenagers leave. Okay, yeah. We're back to this. Okay. One returns. Mm. That is not many. <laughs> Thank you. Some got lost. (laughs) So the survivor is Brian McCleary, and he is 16. So when he was found, he was found asleep on the shore the next day, and the the raft had washed ashore with him with face masks, shoes, and fins all inside, but the other four teenagers were missing. And their skin. Suits. (laughs) Their names. Eric Rooley. He is 16. 
Bradford Rice, 14 years old, Warren Felly, 16 years old, Larry Bill, 17, and Brian, who was 16. All five are friends. They are from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So what happened on this day? They were on their raft, which was about a seven-foot-long Air Force raft, and they were sailing towards the shipwreck when all of a sudden the day turned dark and stormy out of nowhere. Well, there you go. So the question has been answered. It was day, but so I will say the only testimony we have is Brian's because he's the only survivor. So this is all per his testimony. He said that it was a beautiful day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, blah, blah, blah. But while they were at sea, the weather changed. He said the the waters, sorry, the waters suddenly became turbulent and carried them further and further out to sea. So they started freaking out. They left the raft because they tried to swim to shore, remembering, you know, they're only going about two miles offshore. Two of the teenagers jumped out, and they first tried to push the raft while the other three stayed on the raft and rowed, but they were not getting anywhere because of the current. They tried to wave down a passing boat, but it did not stop. They tried to attach their raft even to a buoy as they were passing by, but were unable to do so. So the raft starts flooding. Everybody gets back in the raft. They tried to get the water out of it, but it's starting to get dark. It's starting to rain. Um, The current is still pulling them out to sea and past the shipwreck. So they're now like past two miles into the open water. So according to Brian, all of a sudden, in the middle of all of this, a fog appeared. And he said, quote, after a time, the wind and the rain and the waves subsided and a thick fog rolled in. He described the silence and stillness, quote, as not a wave rippled, not a fish broke water, not a seagull called. And then from the fog emerged. A pirate ship. A swamp woman. A sea monster. Oh, yes. Loch Ness. Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) Brian later gave a version of his story to a magazine called My Escape from a Sea Monster. Obviously. And the whole magazine is called that? Well, no, he published a story in it. (laughs) Oh. This was in Fate magazine in May. How many stories do they have about sea monsters? So many. There's a whole magazine devoted to sea monsters. (laughs) It comes out weekly. Have you not subscribed to them? (laughs) I've been subscribed for like years. Where have I been? (laughs) All right, so this is in Fate magazine in May 1965. So I'm just gonna kind of basically read from his words. So, like I said, calm before the storm happens. He said that for the first time in his life, he was really scared. And this is all quoted. Rice, who was one of the teenagers, said, quote, we're dead. We died in that storm. But Roll, who was another teen, assured him that they would be fine. Visibility was limited to 25 feet and there was no wind. McCleary, who was Brian, who survived, says the water was unusually warm. Which this is March. Shouldn't be that warm. Larry suddenly said, shh. I hear a boat or something. As they listened, the air became filled with the odor of dead fish. They heard a large splash about 40 feet away. The wave that followed was large enough to break over the side of their raft. They heard a second splash and through the fog were able to make out an object that looked like a telephone pole with a bulb on top. It was about 10 feet out of the water. The object bent in half and dove under the water. There was a period of silence followed by a high-pitched whine coming out of, from the fog. So the telephone pole dove under the water? Like a narwhal is what I'm thinking here. Oh. A telephone a pole? With, it looked a, like a telephone pole, they said, with a bulb on top. It's a whale with a unicorn horn. Right. So at this point, of course, the boys are panicking. 
They put on their fins, which remember were found on shore. Okay. And dove into the water. So at this point, they're just like, listen, the raft, we're not pushing the raft. We're not able to row it. Let's just swim for the shore, which two miles sounds miserable, but hey. So the surface was covered with patches of brown, crusty slime. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Boogers. <laughs> so they are not far from the ship wreckage of the USS Massachusetts, which was the original goal. Cool. So they started swimming towards that wreck yes. because that's on a sandbar. So okay. they're thinking, you know, you're in open water. Let's <clears throat> swim towards the sandbar first. So McCleary, the survivor, and Royal, they are in the lead. And behind them, they can hear the splashing and hissing noises. Although the fog was clearing, it had begun to rain again and was getting dark and the waves were starting to pick up again. The first scream lasted maybe half a minute. Felly. That is a really long scream. Scream? <laughs> scream. Who's screaming? Felly cried, it's got Brad. But then his voice was suddenly cut off. McCleary yelled back to Felly and Rice, but there was no response. So Bill was now swimming with both of them. And some time passed before McCleary became aware that Bill was no longer with him. Oh, no. Then there was a flash of lightning, which revealed the wreck of the USS Massachusetts. Another flash revealed Royal swimming ahead of McCleary towards the ship. Then the telephone pole creature, that's what it's called, (laughs) surfaced next to Royal. It had two small eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It opened its mouth and fell upon Royal, disappearing with him below the surface. Somehow, McCleary made it to shore, although he does not remember how, and the next thing he knows, he woke up in the Pensacola Naval Base Hospital. Wow. While he was in the hospital, he talked to search and rescue, obviously, and the Coast Guard and everybody, and he drew this picture. It's that looks Nessie. like Loch Ness. It looks like Nessie. It honestly does. Like it a plesiosaur. Nessie with like a buoy on her back. That is just well, there one. She is. Nessie has reared is, her ugly head. Nessie has traveled to the Gulf of Mexico. Apparently, she's now described as a light pole. <laughs> Telephone pole. Close set eyes. <laughs> Telephone pole. So Brian wakes up in the hospital. He tells Search and Rescue his story and draws them a picture, which looks like Nessie. Yes. Yesy. But the media and people were quick to point out that it looked a lot like this Cecil, the seasick sea serpent. I should oh, say no. that five times fast. Who did that? From a children's cartoon that had recently aired. Cecil, the seasick sea serpent. Well, that was impressive. Thank you. I really tried. I had to focus. Cecil the seasick ser- ser- serpent. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You try. Voidson. Uh, Cecil nope. the seasick <laughs> sea serpent. Cecil the seasick sea serpent. I did it. Good oh, job. you did. Yeah. This was a cartoon character that was around and on TV, and they're like, this looks like Cecil. Why isn't it Cecil? No, I said Cecil. 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 <laughs> I'm calling it Cecil. All right. Cecil, the seasick sea serpent. It's still hard to say. Obviously, Search and Rescue <laughs> is looking for these boys, these four teenagers. Only one body has been found to this day, and that is of Brad Rice, which Brian identified, and it was determined that his cause of death was drowning and that there was no other injuries noted that okay. you would think would be accompanied with like his story of a sea monster. Maybe just got dragged underwater. So Brian, of course, became depressed after this. I mean, he went through, he went through some stuff. He watched whatever you think of this story of whether the monster is real or whatever happened, which I'm going to get to. He lost four of his friends, and he was the only survivor. 
He had survivor's guilt. He had a nervous breakdown a few months after the incident. He died in 2017, but he reportedly was traumatized and depressed that nobody believed him and that he lost these friends and Aww. couldn't talk about it. So what really happened? So one theory is a bubble of methane gas. A fart? <laughs> <laughs> It's a whale fart. <laughs> Dolphins, sharks, shark there. fart, shark. It has been a long time since shark. we've gone. <laughs> shark is fart is shark. <laughs> a shark is when you poop your pants by accident. A sea shark. It's not a shark fart. It's, did you just say a sea shark? It's a shark fart. It's a shark. A sea shark. A sea shark fart. It's a shark. <laughs> I knew that the story was going to get crazy, but you two. It has been a while since we have talked about the Bermuda Triangle. I thought you said we're on the Gulf Coast. I know, but listen. There are theories that methane bubbles of gas (laughs) is what takes down planes and ships in the Bermuda Triangle. Are you telling me that farts? (laughs) They can create sediment to stir up, resulting in a fog which limits visibility. So there's two theories here. One... Methane gas can cause hallucinations when you inhale it. Uh, yes. <laughs> so maybe this was all a hallucination. Man. Or two, maybe the creature was brought to the surface by this bubble of methane. I'll let you think about which one I think is more accurate here. <laughs> Another theory, which is probably the more like tragic story, or more tragic theory, I should say, is that it was just they drowned trying no. to get to shore the waters were turbulent they tried to swim brian survived and because he was traumatized from everything his brain kind of created this story to combat his survivor's guilt another theory theory number three is that they stumbled across drug smugglers and were killed pirates mm-hmm. of the caribbean I because told you. they searched for their bodies and they only found one they did not find the other three and they still have not so they think maybe that they Came across some drug smugglers. They were killed. And again, Brian somehow survived. They don't know how. He doesn't remember. And rewrote this as a monster that he saw on TV. Because that was better than his friends dying by a drug smuggler. Real life pirates are very scary. That's probably like the, meh. I don't like that theory. I liked it. Lastly, and this is the theory I believe. Perhaps it was not a sea creature, Mm. but a North Atlantic right whale. What? Do they look like Nessie? Light poles? Quote. Close eyes? This whale, it's a very specific kind of whale, will rise mysteriously up out of the water, glides along, turns side to side, sometimes sinks back down without a trace. In the right or the wrong light, it can almost look invisible, and all you see is the skinny top part, which looks like a neck or head, kind of like Nessie. In fact, a couple of years ago, there was a sea serpent report with the YouTube videos, and this was taken back in Ireland, and it turned out to be a North Atlantic right whale, which was pretty rare in Ireland at the time, so they didn't know what it was, but they were, like, freaking out, thinking this was, like, a sea serpent, and it was just a whale. So the size of this whale is about 10 feet long, and like I said, it can rise up, it kind of glides along, and then it goes back down, which matches exactly what McCleary's description was. They do come off the coast of Florida in the month that he saw it, which was March. They are still quite rare, though, and they do have their breeding grounds off of the coast of Florida during that time. So it's possible. It would have been a rare sighting, but it's not 
impossible. Rare enough that they wouldn't have known that it was a whale. And I'm going to show you what this whale looks like. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, it's got a little top section added to it. It's got like a bulbous section. Well, I wouldn't have called it bulbous. (laughs) Rising 10 feet, Mm. no, not necessarily. But rises up out that you wouldn't think that that's a whale. They like look you like can see, two creatures. But if it's dark outside, it's raining, there's fog, you're not seeing that bottom part of the whale. You're just seeing that part coming up out. So theory behind this is that they panicked. They see this whale. They don't know what it is. And they were trying to swim the two miles. And there was heavy current. And they probably did drown. And he had survivor's guilt. And he interpreted this whale as a sea creature who killed his friends when probably they just drowned. Another theory, which I am not as on board with, but it is a theory, is that there was a submarine. Um, This would explain the high-pitched whine that they heard. It would explain the bulbous 10 feet out of the air like a periscope, maybe. And maybe this coupled with fear. And again, I keep saying his survivor's guilt, but he did suffer from it. Maybe he interfered, or not interfered, interpreted that as a sea creature. The brain is amazing when it comes to trauma. Okay. I agree with all that stuff. Yes. And that whale is very creepy looking. The whale is creepy. It does not look like your typical whale. I'll give you that. I will also say that we know almost nothing about the ocean. That is very true. The ocean is it's a vast, freaky. <laughs> vast mystery that we will never know. Yeah. So- have you seen like marine biologists have said we know like less about, we know more about space than we do the yes. ocean. Exactly. That's scary. That's scary. (laughs) And it's like right there in front of us. But like, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know everything about the ocean. So I could see how these boys' bodies were never found because the ocean is vast. It's not just vast, but what the fuck lives in it that we don't know? But that is the story of the Florida Sea Monster. What if there is an alien base underwater? (laughs) Two miles off the Gulf of uh, Mexico? Perfect hiding spot. There is a sandbar on this abandoned ship. Yes, underwater. It's an alien testing ship. It's an interesting story. (laughs) This made the news. Like a sea creature made the news. That's kind of crazy to me. I mean. Back in the 60s. I I like the story. So you're saying you don't believe in sea creatures? I do not. (gasps) How? Not shark. You literally just said that we only know like 2% of the ocean. I didn't say 2%. I don't know where you pulled that number out. I was going to say 2 So, (laughs) So we know more about space than we do about the ocean. My theory is the whale. I think that he probably misinterpreted things, but I couldn't see him just fabricating this completely with his friends just drowning. Like, I think there was probably something there like that Uh whale. I think that's what your brain can comprehend. Oh, my gosh. But I think that... (laughs) That is so condescending. That is what my brain can comprehend. That's what your brain can comprehend. (laughs) But my brain can comprehend this. I believe that that you believe that it was just a whale. That was literally the most condescending (laughs) thing she has ever said to me. I believe it's um, an alien or a deep sea creature. I was going to say, you think alien over I, a I, whale. I think that these boys could <laughs> could swim. Yes, I feel they like could they swim. Two miles isn't that far. Two miles is a lot to me. I would not be able to make it two miles. They're experienced skin divers. <laughs> Which means they can, like, they were probably good swimmers, but they're also only 16 years old. Yeah, but. In their prime. In their diving. prime. 
As somebody who was once 16. In turbulent waters, <laughs> in the dark. I was much more in shape in at 16 than I am now. <laughs> in turbulent waters, in the dark, in rain. Yeah, but it, it only rained because um, <laughs> you think the sea creature controlled the weather. <laughs> Alien did. Yes, <laughs> they do control the weather. <laughs> yes, I do. All right, I don't even have to ask Sarah where she is on this. I've already answered. She it was, is on aliens. That was always my go-to. <laughs> the alien sea creature, because the aliens yeah. have to keep track of us, and so they <laughs> they keep in the deep sea yeah. so that we they don't too close. see them, but we sometimes <laughs> yeah. see them. So, so shark- aliens are hiding in the ocean all this time, not up in the sky in their UFOs. It, both. Some, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in this week for my uh, commuter episode about the Florida sea monster. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com and find our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it really does help. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.